I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And I'm Lisa Popchak. And you're listening to the best of More to Life. Today on More to Life, trash talk. Words really do hurt. We're going to help you deal with those negative, critical people in your life. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. Everyone says they want to have a great marriage and family and personal life. Well, the theology of the body reveals how you can actually achieve it. More to Life. The happiest couples know how to say I do to each other every moment of every day. Surprising. Relevant. Hopeful. Angela, let's not just settle for stopping your son's behavior. Exactly. Let's talk about the kind of young man you want to raise. Practical. Theology of the body-based answers for every part of your life. God's original blueprint didn't include depression and anxiety. Yeah, that's a human invention. God wants to set you free. Let's talk about making that happen. The life you were meant to live through the theology of the body. More to life. Good morning, everyone. You are listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And I'm Lisa Popchak. And today on More to Life, trash talk. Words really do hurt, despite what the popular, I don't know what it is, nursery rhyme, the sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. They do hurt. We're going to share some interesting research from Carnegie Mellon University about this, but more importantly, we're going to help you deal with those negative, critical people in your life. Who are those people that popped into your head whenever I was describing them, those negative, critical people? What do they do or say that get under your skin, wear you down, frustrate you? Would you like to know how to handle those negative, critical people gracefully? Maybe get them to stop. Dreams exist. (laughs) 877-573-7825 is the number to call. Again, that's 877-573-7825. If you are tired of that negative, critical person in your life and you want to find better ways to handle them than you've handled them in the past, let's talk it out together. You know, I think that yeah, you made reference to the old rhyme that we were all taught as children. And I remember even as a child thinking, and when my mother would say that, you just don't want to deal with the fact that I'm in pain, do you? <laughs> yeah, like Even as a exactly. small child, my brain registered that. And I think we were all very much taught, just brush it off. Just, just brush it aside. If somebody has been critical of you, if somebody has been unkind to you, just brush it away. And now we have a society where people have been bullied to the point where we have, you know, real chaos in situations. We have a culture of unkindness on the internet. And on top of it being culturally bad for us, it really is hurting a lot of people. And I think that it's fascinating that Carnegie Mellon University actually decided to make this an objective experiment to see... Is this really a problem, or is this something that you know psychologists say is a problem? No, no, and and, and really, this uh, latest study that we're going to share with you in just a minute is, uh, as I said, the latest in a long uh, line of studies that talk about how 
social rejection, uh, critical comments do affect us physically. They affect not just our emotional health, but our physical health as well. This study actually um, is, is just actually a little funny. Um, so what Carnegie Mellon University did was they, they had a group of people play a computer game, play a game with a computer. With, like, robots, yes. yes. And, and what I, I want people to know, see, we live in the territory of Carnegie Mellon University. For those of you who live across the country or across the world and don't know, it is famous for its robotics. It's famous for its technology. These are students who think techno all the time. So the fact that they've taken out the human facial response, the the um, personal rapport two people have by saying, this is just going to be a person and like a, a robot, right. it really does measure things much more clearly. Yeah, well, it was interesting because so people were playing a game against a robot and the robot was programmed to give trash talk. <laughs> and it was all that's what we need in the world yeah. but for the yeah exactly you don't have enough people picking on you now you need robots to exactly. do it right but the, the trash talk was really mild it was things like i have to say you are a terrible player <laughs> i'm, I'm sure they use probably have a much better voice <laughs> i'm i'm ha- i'm having fun with it but I, i'm sure you know or over the course of the game your playing has become confused <laughs> So very mild, like no, your mama's here. This is like very mild, just slightly. Your mama is so fat when she sits around the house. She sits around the house. None Ah, of that. No, No, just very, very slight negativity. And the result was. Well, everybody who was performing against the trash talking robot did infinitely worse at the game than those who were encouraged they had another set where the robot was actually uh, giving encouraging messages those people performed better in the game i don't think anybody's terrifically surprised by this but i think it is funny uh, and it really illustrates the point that negative talk even when we know it's coming from you know a robot that's been programmed to do it in fact one of the uh, one of the resp- one of the participants of the study said, you know, I can't get mad at it. I know it was programmed to do it, but I didn't like what it was saying to me. Right, and it's programmed <laughs> in a way that it, it's not even necessarily a reflection of you. Like, it just hits this part of its code and says something negative, and we still feel it because, and truly, this isn't about being a wimp or a snowflake or sensitive, or it's about the fact that we were created in the image and likeness of God, and we're... we're constructed made by god to experience the fullness of truth and goodness and beauty and to do our best to personify that and so when we're hit with the fact that we're not there yet it does take us up short it does hurt and we we experience that in the core of ourselves who are those negative critical people in your life those people that kind of wear you down just by being around them the people who always seem to have something negative to say always seem to be able to undermine your confidence or pick on you in some way run you down wear you out Uh, we want to talk through how to deal with that gracefully how do you manage it without being a doormat on the one hand uh, or just kind of getting down and rolling around in the mud with them on the other. 877-573-7825. I did want to just build on something you, you just said, though, Lisa, mm. about, you know, that, that we were made for love. And, you know, the theology of the body, which is St. John Paul the Great's legacy, um, his body of writing that shows us 
God's plan for life and relationships. You know, the theology of the body reminds us that each and every one of us was made for love and that the only logical response to another human being is love. To love somebody means to build them up, to help them be more of a human being. When we are critical of others, not in a constructive way, but in, in a destructive way, when we, when we tear people down, when we make negative comments, when we pick on them, when we engage in this trash talk, uh, even you know, this, in the silly ways we're talking about here, um, it, it, it feels like an offense because it is. We weren't made for that. We weren't made to be torn down. We were made by God to be built up, to be loved, to uh, be supported and encouraged so that we could become everything we were created to be. And, and when we do, when we engage in that kind of negative critical speech, not only is it offensive to the person who receives it, it's offensive to us because we're violating what we were created to do, to build each other up, to support each other, and to create a community of love where that's founded on mutual support. 877-573-7825. Let's talk about those negative critical people in your life and how you can deal with them gracefully. Well, and to not put too fine a point on it, but I might even take it another step. I have to really think about this, but maybe it's even offensive to God because oh, we're, you know, we are created in the image and likeness of God. So, you know, that's, He's saying, well, just like we would be hurt if somebody was critical toward one of our children. It's, it's, it's. Well, here's something interesting. Okay, so Saint Ephraim. I don't remember the quote exactly. Oh, I'm gonna have I to know paraphrase what you're this. Say. Yeah, I love this. Uh, yeah. Saint Ephraim um, held up a coin. He yeah. was preaching once, and he held up a coin, and he said, you know, this is, you know, on this coin is the image of the of the emperor, and according to the law, to insult the image of the emperor is punishable by death. I'm really glad that doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> yeah. And he said, but just so just imagine how much more serious an offense it is to insult the image of God by insulting each other. Insulting each other. And yeah. again, that's a paraphrase, but I thought, wow, I mean, what a tremendously powerful reflection on the fact that we are all made in the image and likeness of God. And to insult one another, to tear each other down, to be verbally abusive to each other is to deface God's image, uh, and you know we don't often think of it that way, but, but it certainly gives start. you yeah, but it certainly <laughs> gives you pause start. when you do. Well, you know, think about it. Probably somebody is in your mind right now. Is it somebody that you had to share the Thanksgiving holiday with, who is just critical of you, just says nasty things that just brings you down and makes you wince? Perhaps it's somebody you share your everyday life with, and it's it's constant negativity constant criti critical attitude toward you or life or the people you love and you're just kind of done or perhaps it's even somebody from your past and those messages are still rolling around in your head and popping up when you least need them to and you're just not sure how to even deal with those old messages that seem to have taken root and and pop up like weeds every once in a while if you're tired of dealing with the effects of critical negative unkind people in your life we're here to help you know how to heal from that and how to deal with those people in a grace-filled way give us a call today on more to life at 877-573-7825 that's 877-573-7825 let's take our concerns to the lord 
then we'll start taking your calls. In the name of the, the Father, Father, the and Son, and the, Son, and the and Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, your, your word, your scripture, and the writings of your servant, Pope St. John Paul the Great, remind us that each and every person is made in your image and likeness, and that the only logical response to another person who is made in your image and likeness is love. We are commanded and encouraged to build each other up, to work for each other's good, to help each other become everything that you, as a loving Father, see in your children when you look at us. Help us to always use our words to love one another, to build each other up, to encourage and strengthen each other, to support each other. And help us, Lord, to deal effectively, gracefully with those people who use their words to, to, to try to tear us down, to try to make us into less than what we are, your sons and daughters, your image and likeness. Help us to respond in ways that glorify you, that prevent us from becoming doormats on the one hand, or responding in kind on the other. But help us to respond as your sons and daughters, with dignity, with grace, and with strength, that we might be able to work with you to create the communities of love that are our destiny and our mission. We ask all of this through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and in the name, in the name of, of the, the Father, Father, the Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Pope St. John Paul the Great. Pray for us. Today on Mortal Life, the title of the show, Trash Talk, as we talk about how words really do hurt. There's a huge body of research that talks about how critical words, uh, verbal abuse, other negative comments, not just don't just undermine our emotional health, but our physical health as well. Turns out this latest study we just shared with you from Carnegie Mellon University, even if a robot is trash talking you, it undermines even a little bit. <laughs> it undermines your performance. You know, if, if, if a robot can uh, have a negative impact on us, what about a spouse? A you know, mom, an adult, a, a dad, mom. your kid, your best friend. It's a lot. Let's help you deal with those negative, critical people in a more graceful way. 877-573-7825. Let's talk with our first caller today on More to Life, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Colorado. Hey there, caller. Welcome to More to Life. What's going on? Hi, thanks for taking my call. Um, I'm calling today about kind of a new friendship. Um, uh was a friend I had in high school, and then I wound up moving closer to her area, and within the past eight months, we've started a friendship, and she's a really delightful person, like very funny, great sense of humor. We connect on faith, um, but uh, we're definitely at different times in our lives. Um, she's an empty nester, and I still have uh, school-age children. Uh, but recently, she started uh, texting me, um, and really critical, kind of coming at me one text after another about how I'm not, just a lot of criticism, um, trying to think of some of the things she said, like, I'm not um, available, I'm, um, I've changed, um, I, um, <laughs> Since high school, I certainly <laughs> hope you have. <laughs> wow. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Yeah. But, um, since I've come down, she says, since I've moved here, I've changed. Um, and then she just was, she's kind of a dominant personality. And, um, but then, you know, I was literally shaking when this was happening. I really 
felt it. So I had to call in when we were talking about the topic today because I did feel it in my body. I felt like really mm. very stressful for me. And yeah. it continued for like two or three days. And I know I should have just picked up the phone. But honestly, it just was so stressful for me. And I've been reading your book, Dr. Greg, on um, People Are Driving Me Nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyway, I'm just calling in today to hope that you can guide me if, sure. like, is this a friendship I should even continue or not? Because it's uh, right now feeling incredibly stressful. Sure it is. And I, I just want to add that on top of the fact that you dealt with all this criticism and negativity coming toward you, which would shake any of us, as we saw in the Carnegie Mellon University study, you know, if it comes to us from a robot that we're not personally (laughs) invested in, it shakes us. But on top of that, it most likely took you all the way back to that high school friendship and put you in a place of being young and vulnerable and insecure as every person is in that situation. So it probably really inflamed that biological response. So she hit you with all of this over the course of three days of texting. Why do we all think we can do this just because we're not face-to-face with somebody? How did you end up responding to all of this? Well, finally, on the third day, she sent another series of texts of like, you know, I don't know how to deal with non-authentic people and um, kind of (laughs) said all this stuff. And I actually had my sister help me, who's just a master at this stuff. And I just responded very friendly. And I said, thanks for your candor. I wish you a happy Thanksgiving. And let's connect when I get back. And I, that just shut it down. Good. Um, and that was helpful. Um, but then on Thanksgiving, I, you know, sent her a happy Thanksgiving text. I didn't hear back. And so now I'm kind of just wondering, do I make the next move? Do I just let this go? I don't know. So, so uh, yeah. Let me. Let me. So, what? What do you think she was trying to get out of you by responding this way? Um, I think she wanted me. I. I think she gets anxious. Maybe like uh, has more of an anxious attachment style, and I feel like she was um, wanting me to affirm her, possibly. And um, she's had like her best friend that we knew in high school. They were friends for. 30 years uh, dropped her, like just said, I don't want to be your friend anymore. And Mm -hmm. so I think she has this anxiousness, but her style is such that she comes at people. She's very dominant. And um, I often feel like when we're together, I'm just kind of invisible. And a lot of things are about her and and affirming her. I can see she tries. Maybe she's had that feedback. I can see she tries to kind of talk about me and ask me questions but everything kind of comes back to her um so i don't know i think she was i think she's afraid that maybe i'm um distancing myself from her because i'm not as available as she is okay so listen um would how would you feel about because i'd like to give her a chance so you know and sometimes um you know addressing these things requires more of us than we're able to give and if that's the case then that's the case but i want to i want to put this out there and just sort of see how you feel about this how how would you feel about saying to her uh, in text you know listen i i appreciate that that you want that you needed uh, you know affirmation from me. I appreciated that you wanted me to be there for you, but I just need you to know that when you come at me like that, it actually pushes me away. 
and and I don't think that's the response you want from me. Um, if you if you need some time with me, then the way to do that would be to say, hey, I'd love to get some time to call uh, to, for a talk, or you know, I'd love to be able to go out to coffee sometime or whatever. But when you when you come at me like this, it it makes me want to go away, which I think is probably the exact opposite of what you're looking for. What do you think? And kind of giving her a way to get what she's looking for from you, would you be okay doing something like that? Yeah, I, would you? Do you think it's okay to do that in a text? Or I've been—I yeah. don't know if I need to pick up the phone. No, I think it's better for you to do it in a text because it gives her a chance to really think about it, um, and okay. then you can follow it up with the phone if you like. But but I I don't want you to be in the position of trying to convince her. You know, I just want you to you know just just write her a thoughtful note that says, "Hey, listen." I mean, it could be an email, it could be a text, whatever. But hey, listen, I was really praying more about the whole thing before Thanksgiving, and I realize that you're in a kind of a vulnerable place right now, and I understand that you really needed me, but I have to be honest with you that when you come at me like that, it just pushes me away, and I think that's the exact opposite response of what you're looking for. In the future, if you need some time with me, could you just say, hey, I'd really love to to, to get a, a chance to talk with you, or I'd love to go out for coffee or something, but when you just come at me and criticize me and attack me like that, that doesn't make me want to support you. It, it makes me want to run away, and, and I don't want you to want to put you in that position her reaction to that is really going to help you know if she's emotionally healthy enough for you to be able to continue trying to form a friendship with her if she's negative and critical again then you are perfectly within your rights to yeah, say at that point, this is not okay yeah, for at that me point, to she's be not in. a healthy person yeah it's okay to say this is not good for my emotional or even physical health since you're having a physical reaction to it and then if she agrees with it, then you can move on later on if she's putting too much pressure on you because you have other things that you have to take care of, like a family, then you can start putting parameters. But this is the best first step. So start there and then, and then follow through with the other suggestions for setting boundaries that you have in uh, God Help Me, These People Are Driving Me Nuts. Hey, thanks so much for the call. If there's more we can do to support you, don't hesitate to reach out again. Right now, we got to go to break. And if you are dealing with critical people in your life, give us a call. We'll be talking to you on the other side of the break at 877-573-7825. This program is brought to you by the following nonprofit underwriter. Finding health care for yourself and your family can be isolating and confusing. That's why the Catholic Health Alternative, CMF Curo, is offering Christ-centered health sharing for individuals and families, along with new wellness services to help heal and restore your whole person, spirit, mind, and body. Visit cmfcuro.com to find out more. That's cmfcuro.com, where you can experience Christ's healing love in your health and wellness. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria Mutual Funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria Mutual Funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. The wisdom of Mother Angelica. I come from the other side of the tracks. See? My uncle used to have slot machines. Put one nickel in and it emptied. And I brought him home in a bag, and my mother looked at me. Where did you get all that money? I said, I won him. You didn't win him. He fixed the machine. I didn't care if he fixed the machine or not, you know? EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Do you remember writing your Christmas wish list as a child? 
In developing countries like Haiti and Guatemala, children don't make Christmas lists, and they don't expect Christmas gifts. All their parents earn must go to food, shelter, and water. Can you picture the joy of surprising a child with their first Christmas gift? Send them a box of joy at boxofjoy.org. A rosary and the story of Jesus is included in every box of joy. Give today at boxofjoy.org. I'm Dr. Greg Popcheck. And I'm Lisa Popcheck. And you're listening to the best of More to Life. Welcome back to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and we are talking with you today about negative, critical people on our show titled Trash Talk. You know, the reality is, uh, contrary to the popular nursery school rhyme, words do hurt. Uh, There's a whole body of research that shows that our words don't just affect our emotional health, but our physical health as well. How do you deal with the negative, critical people in your life? We want to help you manage them gracefully. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. You know, one of the things that I run into a lot in counseling is where people will recognize that they sh- that this person they love shouldn't have spoken to them in a particular way, but then they will defend the other person by saying, but it's true that I did hurt their feelings, mm-hmm. or it's true that I didn't follow through with something that they were counting on uh, me for, or it's true that I committed this offense or that offense. So, you know, isn't it, if not okay, at least understandable that they would go off on me the way that they did? And I want to make it clear here for all of our listeners that there's nothing you could ever do that deserves that you would be treated disrespectfully. You can commit offense against somebody and you have a right to be called out for that. You know, in fact, it's a work of mercy uh, to, 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 um, um, to, admonish, to, the uh, thank you, admonish the sinner, um, to, to say to somebody, hey, look, you know, you're better than that. You know, that really hurt my feelings. I, I, I need to we need to fix this. It's okay to be called out for something that you did. But even when you're being called out, you have a right to be treated with respect. And so I just wanted to take this this very short segment uh, to, to remind all the people out there who are on the receiving end of negative, critical, maybe even verbally abusive speech, that there's nothing you could ever do that would deserve that, even if you really stepped in it even if you really did something that was hurtful or then fine you deserve to be called on that asked to apologize asked to work with the person to make sure it doesn't happen again but you don't deserve to be called names you don't deserve to be run down you don't deserve to have all of your flaws rubbed in your face you deserve to have somebody who loves you say look that really hurt my feelings and we need to work it out if that's not happening let's talk it out together and find some ways to deal with those situations gracefully so that you can address the offense and hopefully move the relationship to a healthier, stronger place. 877-573-7825. More to Life will continue after the break. In a Facebook world, we can multiply virtual friends. And yet psychologists and sociologists tell us we have fewer and fewer actual friends. This is not good. We're made for friendship. Friendship with God, first of all, but secondarily, friendship with other human beings. Jesus calls his apostles friends. And when he faces his greatest suffering, he asks his inner circle of friends to come and pray with him in the Garden of Gethsemane. 
They come, but they fall asleep. Jesus isn't crushed when his friends fail to live up to his expectations. He doesn't withhold his love from them. He doesn't cast them away. Nor does he suffer their neglect silently. He confronts them. Couldn't you have prayed with me for an hour? Then he moves on to do the will of his Father in heaven. When friends let us down, as they will, we should follow the example of Jesus, lovingly confront them, but remember that they can never substitute for God, who stands ready as our ultimate friend. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. Father Benedict Groeschel. I usually am operating on the gifts of the Holy Spirit when I don't feel well, even when I'm annoyed, when I'm down and out. During my recovery from the automobile accident, immense numbers of people wrote to me and sent me emails, 50,000. And they told me how helpful they thought my talks on EWTN were to them. I'm delighted, but I want you to know I'm nobody's fool. The talks that were helpful, the sentences that were helpful, the phrases that were helpful came from the Holy Spirit. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. And the styrofoam packaging came from me. I did that. And styrofoam doesn't amount to very much. EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And I'm Lisa Popchak. And you're listening to the best of More to Life. Hi, this is Dr. Greg Popchak. What if I told you there was a magic pill that's been shown to increase life and marital satisfaction, improve family stability, and significantly decrease the risk of depression, substance abuse, promiscuity, and behavioral problems? Well, you're in luck. Such a thing exists, only it's not a pill. It's called rituals of connection, or as I call it, vitamin R. Simple habits of togetherness, such as regular family meals, prayer, recreational family days, and other activities of the sort. Rituals bind us together. They have the ability to create community and intimacy and lead to bonds that can be unbreakable. A simple dose of vitamin R reminds couples and families why they love each other. Establish regular habits of work, play, communication, and prayer as a couple and as a family. In this way, your marriage and family can grow to become truly outstanding. For more ways to build a lifelong marriage, visit moretoliferadio.com. Welcome back. We're so glad to be with you today on More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and today on More to Life, we are talking with you today about those negative, critical people in your life on our show titled Trash Talk. Look, the fact is, words really do hurt, not just emotionally, but physically as well. We are created in God's image and likeness, and to be critical uh, in a non-constructive way, to be hurtful uh, to another person is to deface the image of God. So says St. Ephraim. We have a responsibility to build each other up with our words. Let's talk about how to handle those situations where the people in our lives are doing anything but. 877-573-7825. We're talking now with Chanel, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Texas. Hey, Chanel. Welcome to More to Life. What's going on? Well, hey, Father, I um, 
I, I did. I, I appreciate the promotion, but I'm not a priest. <laughs> just to let you know, and okay, I'm a, I'm a counselor. Oh, but what can I do for you? No, no, no. It's fine. I just I, <laughs> I just want to I just want to make sure you knew who you were getting advice from. <laughs> but go on. Oh, okay. Well, that's, that's great. Uh, my husband and I got married a year and a half ago, and he has two sons, and I have two kids. And you know, my kids have been launched. Um, I, I hate to say his and and hers, you know what I mean? Because no, I, I want you, them all to be our four kids. Okay. Um, our son's a pilot, and he teaches young guys, or people, women and men, how mm-hmm. to be jet pilots, and my daughter has a master's and licensed social worker. So, okay. But anyway, so you've raised a couple um, of successful young adults. Good for you. Well, they are, and they have five and six kids each, so That's <laughs> we're amazing. very blessed in that. Wow. Um, my husband's dear sons, who you know, of course, I want to come in and just welcome and, you know, be all the good things that they need, you know. Mm-hmm. And But what I've found myself is um, I just don't know where the boundary should be because I don't really have a foundation with them. And even though I'm kind to them, um, before we got married, um, I told my husband, well, we, we really shouldn't have the two boys here, you know, and the one actually had moved out and was living at a church and working in a place 40 miles away. And I thought, oh, great, he's working, he's, you know, doing good. And But he, he had some, um, you know, some health problems, but we didn't think anything of it because everybody has, you know, indigestion, constipation, you know, that kind of thing. And um, it wasn't really keeping him from having a job. And um, anyway... He um, quits his job and is, has since um, had been diagnosed with cancer. He only has a few months to live. He's 36 years old. Oh, but over sad. that time before that, it was so sad. You know, I keep wanting to say father, but dear Lord, okay, you know, it's so sad. And um, he had said that he couldn't come over because he, he had anxiety when he came over here because my husband had said, you need to go, and he had provided, and still is providing an apartment for the younger one, and he lived there for a while, and then the grandparents have been providing a home free of charge for him. But it says, so it says on the board here that, that you're the critical one. That, 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 yeah, is, I'm is the critical that the one. Issue? Yes, it, sorry, yes, long story. So then the, the 31-year-old, he just he games at night, and I'm pointing fingers, but I'm like, how... How can I remain positive? Because I don't want to jeopardize our relationship. And I don't want to lose what we have by setting limits because I'm not the one that should set limits. Right. I, I don't feel I should be the loving and nurturing one. But I don't like it when my husband feels like he shouldn't be buying this kid a new car when his car broke down, the younger one. Mm-hmm. The other one's already driving a um, paid what's, for, what's driving your husband's behavior here? Does, does he? What does he feel guilty about exactly? I I really I don't know. I mean, because that's what I it is. Know. He he feel he feels bad about something, and he's trying to do penance by by being enabling. Now now, and I mean, in terms of the thirty six year old, you said that the thirty six year old only has a few months to live, and he that, does that's so that's sad. that's terrible. I mean, and so we're not talking about setting limits with him, right? course not no, okay. and the other one i just you know he's so nice to talk to and he'll promise the world and he's been promised yeah. these certification tests and he's okay. got a credit card for my husband i mean sure <laughs> well look so so let's talk about the, the other piece of it you're absolutely right you know it, 
as much as you have a better perspective, because you, you can be objective about it, and as much as I think you're probably right on in terms of the kinds of limits you want to set with the younger son, uh, your instinct is correct that it's not going to go well coming from you, uh, because you don't really have any authority here. You know, as, and, and this is, you know, you're, you're dealing with adult children, but this is really just a, a, a general rule of thumb for step parents. You, you really have to defer to the authority of the other parent. And if they're not working well with their children, it's not a parenting problem, it's a marriage problem. Uh, what I mean by that is that it's something that the, the two of you need to get some professional help with to, to work out how to discuss it together more effectively and figure out how you can support the other parent in doing their job to parent effectively. But if a step-parent steps in and says, I'm going to fix this situation, no matter how old the kids are, if, if they're two or if they're 26 or 31 like your you know your uh, your stepkids are it, it it ends up just creating a wedge uh, between the parents and the kids and between the husband and the wife yeah it, sure, it makes the the parent the biological parent of the kids have to decide whose side they're going to take and that never turns out well you know there's there's a reason that that 75 percent of second marriages end in divorce and a big reason is is this exact issue that and we that, don't want that to no, happen that. to you so, so that's why the only way through it advice. yeah is to really sit down and, and with your with your husband and say look i've made an appointment with a marriage friendly counselor because I, I really need us to work this out. You know, I, I, you know, you're obviously struggling with something that's that's uh, you know that's making you not be able to set limits with your son. I don't want to be you know the nag uh, or the you know the negative whatever that's just kind of like pestering you or getting mad at them or driving a wedge between you and your child. I just want everybody to have what they need to be as healthy as possible, and I think we would be able to work that through with somebody and, and also be able to give your son the very best for him. Yeah, but I, you know, so he may not like the idea of going to marriage counseling. Let's face it, who does? Um, that's why I'm suggesting you don't ask him, that you just make the appointment. You, you wouldn't make it, you wouldn't ask him permission to, you know, go to another doctor for, for, for another health problem. This is a serious issue and it's just important for you to be able to say, look, I love you too much and I love these kids too much uh, to let this go where it's going. You know, so I made an appointment to really talk, to give us an opportunity to work through this with somebody. The other thing that this will do for him, and it's a good reason to encourage him, is that one of his other children is looking at the end of his life, and there's no parent in the world that just goes over that very easily. So setting him up in a good counseling situation, in a good marriage counseling situation, where you can also learn how to support him through this very grave and awful loss, how he can learn to cope better, be there for his children in any way he needs to be. I think with what you're about to be going through, what you've started to go through, it would be very important just for your husband's own well-being to be hooked in with a good counselor he can trust. So you can either get a local referral from marriagefriendlytherapists.com um, or you can work with us through the Pastoral Solutions Institute uh, through our telecounseling practice. You can learn more about that at catholiccounselors.com. The reason I'm suggesting this, by the way, instead of, for example, okay, here's how your husband can set limits, he's not going to do any of that. You know, it, 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 he already knows that he should do that. He feels guilty about something. 
And he's trying to he's trying to do penance by not setting limits with his kids. And it's probably being exacerbated by the fact that he's about to lose one of them. So he's really seeing his own children right now as as babies because he, that's what he's going through the loss of. So it's it's compromising everything on top of whatever it is he's feeling in the first place. So that's And unless you can address difference. that emotional resistance that he's got to just doing the healthy grown-up thing and setting some appropriate limits with his 31-year-old son, you're not going to get anywhere. And that's why that's why the counseling comes in because you don't want to be your husband's analyst. You know, that's that's just not your job. So being able to go to a professional who can help you guys work this out together is really your next step. Uh, you know, in, in terms of giving you some more background on, on setting godly limits, you know, the book, my book, uh, God Help Me, These People Are Driving Me Nuts, Making Peace with Difficult People, does address how do you set respectful limits with adult children. It can give you a little bit of background on that. But again, you're not going to be able to use any of it unless he learns how to get out of his own way. So go ahead and, and pick up God Help Me, These People Are Driving Me Nuts, and, and you know, kind of shore up your own information there. But you really need the, uh, the, the professional support to be able to know how best to get through this together. Thanks for the call, Chanel. God bless you. We're adding your family to our More to Life prayer list. And if there's more we can do to support you, don't hesitate to check out those resources or send us other questions at catholiccounselors.com. As we go to our next break, I want to share our scripture of the day, which comes from Ephesians 4.29. No destructive speech should come from your mouths, but only such as is good for needed edification, that it might impart grace to those who hear. Strong, encouraging words from St. Paul reminding us of the importance of building each other up, because each and every one of us is made in the image and likeness of God. And to be negative, critical, tearing down is really to deface the image of God. Well, I love the fact that the word destructive is used here, but that the counter to that is edification. And that doesn't mean running around throwing empty compliments at people. It means building them up in in good ways that help them to be their best selves, healthy and holy So you can definitely, as we said earlier, be calling people on, but it's the way in which you do it that truly matters. And when somebody else has used destructive language with you, destructive speech with you, it really does hurt, as the Carnegie Mellon University study proves out yet again, as we were talking about earlier in the show. So if you are dealing with critical people in your life and the pain that it's causing you big or small we're here to help you through it today give us a call at 877-573-7825 more to life will continue with your calls about the negative critical people in your life after the break hi i'm al cresta do you remember writing your christmas wish list as a child in developing countries like haiti and guatemala children don't make christmas lists and they don't expect christmas gifts All their parents earn must go to food, shelter, and water. Can you picture the joy of surprising a child with their first Christmas gift? Send them a box of joy at boxofjoy.org. A rosary and the story of Jesus is included in every box of joy. Give today at boxofjoy.org. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tomio. The church isn't saying throw out the baby with the bathwater. Throw out all the media. Don't use the media. What the Pope is saying that make sure that what you are doing is enabling yourself and others to encounter Christ more deeply. And you can't do that unless you reach out. You have to reach out to God first. You have to encounter him in the Eucharist in that personal relationship. And then you pray, you reflect, 
and then you go. In my book, Beyond Sunday, Becoming a 24-7 Catholic, I talk about the three M's of faith, meeting, mercy, and mission. You meet and encounter Christ. You enter into a personal relationship with him. He gives you mercy. And then what do you do? You just sit there and say, oh, thanks, Jesus. See you later. No, you go out on mission exactly as the woman at the well did. Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. Want more tips for living a more joyful, abundant life through the gift of the theology of the body? Well, and follow us on Facebook at More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa, and on Twitter and Instagram at Catholic Counselors. We'll see you there. Welcome back to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and we are talking with you today about negative, critical, tearing down people in your life that you're just tired of dealing with on our show titled trash talk you know words really do hurt we want to help you deal with those negative critical people in a more graceful way 877-573-7825 let's talk now with our next caller who's listening to ewtn radio down in texas hey caller welcome to more to life what's going on uh, yes. Um, I'm going to ask you to turn yes, down your radio because you're going to get feedback from that, and there's a delay. So just turn that down, and we'll be able to get the conversation. Hear you clearly, yeah. Okay. All right, so go ahead. Yes. Um, thank you for receiving my call, and I was just needing some help on how to deal with this issue. And it's been kind of like popping up here lately, more with my uh, older children. Uh, I how old? feel like I'm always fall short with uh, my children and by just uh, always feeling I'm walking on eggshells and I'm always mm-hmm. doing or saying something wrong and breaking their, uh, uh, crossing their boundaries. How old are the kids? And I just, my kids are in their 40s. Okay, and so this is a lifelong feeling that you're going through here. All right. So what's the most recent well, thing that's it's happened? Just, it's just been recently now that they're older, you know, and they mm-hmm. have children. And it's always, you know, I can never say anything right, you know, just... Uh, well, give me an example uh, of the most recent thing that's happened. Well, we went out to eat, and um, we were having breakfast, and uh, my uh, two-and-a-half-year-old granddaughter was uh, restless and and just uh, wanting to uh, do something, you know. She had already eaten, and she was ready, and we had sat there, you know, quite a bit. And I just simply asked, you know, well, uh, do you want to go to the park? And she said yes, and it uh, upset my daughter very much. Yeah. So that she got upset and said, you always have to say the wrong things and you're always uh, uh, crossing my boundaries. Why didn't you ask me if she could go to the park, which 
it just didn't dawn on me. You know, I just yes. And I have to say, this is this is what I'm going to tell you to do. All right. Whenever you're thinking of what would be good in this situation, I want you to take a pause, and then I want you to say, who do I need to ask who actually has power in this situation, whether this would work or not. And that's usually going to be your daughter-in-law. It's going to be the child's mother or the child's father. Because you, when you offer, do you want to go to the park? That could change their entire day. There could be something that they don't want her to do at the park. It could be too cold. It could, she could have a, whatever. It throws off her nap schedule. It's not for us as grandparents to ever control our grandchildren's day our lives or what they do. So even if you just brought a coloring book and crayons and you're trying to give her something to do at dinner, it's important for you to say to your your daughter-in-law, I have something in my bag. I have crayons and, and, and a coloring book. Would it be okay if I let her color with those? You always need to defer to the mom or the dad in the situation because you don't know enough in the situation about what's going to throw everything off. So to let the parents feel respected and also to make sure you're not throwing off your grandchild's day in some way, it's important to defer to them. And if you begin to do that, take that pause and say, how can I structure this as a private question to the parents of my grandchildren to make sure this is okay and get their yes or no on it first? You're going to be respecting her boundaries. You're going to be respectful to her, and things will begin to change. It's a very difficult transition to make going from parent to grandparent, but it's an important one to be very conscious of and think about. So, and I, so I think the next step for you is is to apologize, you know, to say, listen, I really did not mean any offense. It was it was It came from a good place in my heart. Um, but I really understand how I stepped all over your boundaries there, and, and I really undermined your parenting um, with that suggestion, and I'm really sorry, and it's not going to happen again. And to the- even say my plan is from now on to privately ask for your permission if I have an idea. Yeah, that, that, that's really the, the, the all-important next step, to really refocus things on what you're going to do in the future and how you'll handle those situations. You take that step, I think you're going to be, you're going to be right as rain. All right, and your kids will really appreciate hearing that from you. Thanks for the call. 877-573-7825. We're talking with you today about those negative, critical people in your life. How do you manage them without being a metaphorical punching bag or doormat, uh, or for that matter, given as good as you get, which isn't a terrific idea either. No. We want to help you deal gracefully with those negative, critical, undermining people in your life, 877-573-7825. We're talking now with Diana, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Michigan. Hey there, Diana. Welcome to More to Life. What's going on? Well, thank you. Do we well, have Diana? There we there she are. Is. Hey. Hi, so, Diana. What can we do for you today? Said, hi. Well, I was listening to you earlier, and when you said how some of these thoughts can pop up like weeds when you don't expect it. <laughs> well, it started back in 2016 when my mom was uh, diagnosed with borderline dementia, but she was remembering things that really didn't happen. And mm-hmm. as time passed, my sisters, my younger sisters, were believing her. 
that whatever, you know, like they were believing that she said I would take my mom to a, a head doctor to try to get her committed uh, or to a nursing home or some facility, and they believed her instead of looking at the issue of my mom, you know, mom has dementia, this is part of the problem. But instead mm-hmm. they chose to think that I was up to something all the time, and they at one point, they really got down hard on me, called me a liar, that mom was saying this is true, that I was just making trouble, and I wasn't a Christian because I was doing things on my own. So where do things stand now? I'm only asking because I've got, about two and a half, now, I've only got about two and a half minutes before they kick us out of here. So what, where do things stand now? Okay, well, one sister is acting like nothing like that happened, and she tries to be nice to me, but I don't find I trust her. The other one just won't speak to me. At all, at this point. So, I, so, I'm so you're wondering how to, how to deal with the sister who's being nice to you? Yes. Yeah. Well, there, there's that. That's always that's a possibility. Um, yeah. And I. Th- so you know, when you say you, you can't trust her, I, I think that's probably true. Uh, you know, trust comes in degrees, though. And and uh, I, I think that, you know, where Jesus in in Matthew 18, right, kind of lays out a kind of step by step process for for healing a relationship. You go to the person, you speak to them directly about the problem. If that doesn't work, then you find somebody who can be a mediator. And you try to go that route, and then the third third level, if that doesn't work, then you shake the dust from your feet and you treat him like a tax collector. Now, how do you treat a tax collector? You don't antagonize the tax collector because you don't want to be audited, right? You see the tax collector, you wave at them, you smile, have a nice day. You know they do what you got to do with them, then you get out of there, okay? And that's sort of where you're at with your sister. Now, if there's somebody that could intervene. That could be an intermediary to go to your sisters and say, hey, look, you know, this was unfortunate. It was a misunderstanding. Let's all try to move past this in a more intentional way. Great. I would encourage you to do that. Um, It sounds like it's moved past that point uh, that your one sister, like you said, wants to sweep everything under the rug and your other sister isn't speaking to you. Um, As painful as that is, I think the best you can do right now is focus on being polite and being civil, um, not trying to drag it all up again. You know, making your relationship about what you need to do to move forward. But don't trust her in the sense of saying that everything's okay. Everything's not okay. Uh, they, they've shown you that their behavior, by their behavior that they don't know how to handle conflict well. Now, I want to say that when you're dealing with somebody with dementia, it's very easy to sort of go down the rabbit hole. So it's important to say to your sisters when you do talk to them, look, I understand that everything that mom says comes across as 100% authentic because she's mom. But can you please, if you have a concern, if she has said something to you, call me and simply say, hey, mom said this in my conversation with her. Can you tell me what's really going on there as politely as you can? And I promise I will tell you what's really going on. So set those parameters about how they can inquire when they have a concern. The other thing about talking about talking with somebody who has dementia is that they'll often say things that are emotionally true but not factually true. So what I'm trying to say is if, they, if, if she's accusing you of taking her to the head doctor or getting committed, what that means emotionally is I'm afraid I'm, I'm losing my mind. Mm-hmm. Right, I'm scared of this, and she needs 
she needs uh, you know support and affirmation through that not to not to take her words seriously but to respond seriously to the emotions she's expressing that's what your mom was trying to say your sisters misunderstood that message so doing exactly what Lisa said going to them and saying look moving forward this is what I need from you and hopefully they'll be willing to respect that other than that I think uh, following the advice in Matthew 18 about just being civil keeping it superficial and, and praying for the uh, best outcome long term thanks for the call Diana we do talk about all of this and more in our book God help me these people are driving me nuts making peace with difficult people you can check that out along with information about the pastoral solutions institute's telephone counseling practice at catholiccounselors.com check it out again that's catholiccounselors.com then get out there and celebrate the life you were meant to live because folks with god's grace there is so much more to life dr greg and lisa popcheck more to life is a co-production of ave maria radio and ewtn radio and is carried across the ewtn global catholic radio network Our producer is Dan McGraw. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net.